John, who is part of an up-and-coming band, Trigger Mafia. There are some BC boys who are going to make it so big. I'm calling it right now. Sean, you've actually got a pretty extensive musical background. One of Canada's top performers. <laughs> You're more into country, though. So what made you decide to delve into rock? Well, first, I want to thank you for that awesome intro and that awesome prediction. I'm going to hold you to it. And in <laughs> fact, I'll, I'll do everything I can to prove you right. How's that? <laughs> I'm buying a lottery um, ticket now, too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So am I. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, I, I mean, I started out in rock, right? I grew up I grew up uh, playing in rock bands. I played in, and, and then I went to music school and tried to try to get a grasp on all, all styles of music and then, um, you know, dwelled in different styles. And then um, I was in a rock band, um, for a few years, it did well. I got some radio success called Chrome, and we had a few sort of top 30 hits and stuff. And then I uh, took a break from that. I went into country for like a decade. And then when the pandemic kicked in, I thought, you know what? I'm going back to rock. Back so to that's, the roots. That's where we're at. I love back it. To the rock and rock and roots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Trigger yeah. Mafia is you, Sean, Jay, Rod, and Carl, uh, BC boys who want to bring rock back to life. But this is a relatively new project. So when did Trigger Mafia get started? Yeah, it is. It's brand new. It started sort of in the first month or so of the pandemic. We, we um, obviously, everybody's world got turned upside down. Um, we were at the time, in, a, in a, like you mentioned, a country rock band. And uh, there was five of us, but two of us uh, couldn't show up. And so and we thought <clears throat> we had a big enough rehearsal hall that we could socially distance. And uh, so the three of us, for sanity's sake, really more than any else, there was nothing going on. We thought, well, let's just get together once or twice a week just to stay sane. And then that, that led to the birth of this new rock and roll project, Trigger Mafia. You really bring back the classic rock sound. I mean, it's something we've been lacking in our, our industry lately. So who are your influences? Yeah. Who are you pulling from to, to bring this music? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of easy and it came natural. And, I, and, I th- and it, was, it wasn't contrived. Um, it was just basically, let's just have some, uh, have some fun and pull from our roots. So to answer your question, um, I would say a lot of it, we were kids. We were like little kids in the 70s and 80s, right? So um, it was really easy. We grew up listening to like anything from Blue-Eyed Soul, Hollow Notes, Stevie Wonder, to the Doobie Brothers, to Van Halen, to, um, you know, even, um, you know, Kenny Loggins, to just all the greats from 70s and 80s. And, and I think that it, it sort of rubbed off. These were natural influences, and we thought, you know, let's have fun. And when we were, when we were originally writing and recording this stuff, we were doing it for fun. There was no, there was no uh, real plan to release singles or an album and just evolved into something so much bigger. So, yeah. And that's where the most beautiful things happen, right? The, the unexpected. I, so, you know, it's funny you say that because you're right, because the, the, the three quarters of the album was sort of written with that, like that. And then we, we're, we're going to, we, this is, I guess, this is going to be the official place where anyone hears it publicly. Uh, we're in negotiations right now with a label from Europe. And, and uh, they wanted, they, we, we only originally had six songs, six vocal songs and uh, four instrumentals. And um, they, they, would, they said they'd do a deal if we added more songs. So recently we went back to writing and it was a whole, it was a weird thing because the first 10 songs were just like having fun. It was just like, whatever, no pressure, who cares? And of course, one of the songs you guys are playing now is one of those songs where there was no pressure writing, whatever. And now we, we basically had three more songs to record, which we're going to finish next week. 
And then it was a whole different ball game. Like all of a sudden, I felt the pressure again. I was like, oh, you know. So yeah, the, the, it seems like the best stuff flows when you're when there's no real plan behind it. You know, which is tricky. You mentioned an upcoming album. Uh, what can we expect from that? Yeah. Um, well, t- we're we're kind of working it out with the record. It's, it's a label out of Europe. They want to license it and and help market it and manufacture it for the world. And um, basically, it's gonna. It's, I think there's gonna be a bonus track on the album you can't get anywhere else, and that we're not gonna release anywhere else. It, we decided to do that for the diehard fans, and it's gonna be an instrumental that you can't get anywhere else. So I think it's gonna be somewhere around thirteen or fourteen songs. There's gonna be a lot of songs on the record. Uh, nine vocal songs for sure, and uh, three or four instrumentals. Nice, something to look forward to. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, awesome. we look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> so things are obviously starting to pick back up in the world. Sounds like shows are starting to happen again. Is there any band out there you would love to hit the road with if you get the chance? Oh, oh, so many. Mm-hmm. Like, like so many. I'm going to start big. Like, I think the Foo Fighters would be an awesome band to tour with. Um, I think, uh, I hope the Stones tour again. That would be awesome. I'd love to st- tour with the Stones. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the bands I want to are no longer, you know, obviously we lost, you know, my, one of my favorite bands of all time and one of my favorite guitar players is Eddie Van Halen. So I uh, don't think that's going to happen, but who knows? Maybe we'll run on the, We'll, we'll do some shows with his, with his son. Oh, that'd be uh, sweet. With Wolfgang, so. Oh, now so, you're yeah, thinking, there you know? we go. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay. So your latest single out is sitting on a corner. Uh, what inspired yeah. the track? Well, it's, you gotta say it like like you're from Chicago, sitting on a corner. <laughs> it does we sound better like it that. that way. We don't even, we, we even left out the G. So S I T T I S. I love it. Um, I, I got lost track of the question there. I'm goofing around with the title. Uh, a few things actually. So, so during that period, I, like I said, we were we were just writing from the heart. And my stepdad was one of my first teachers, right? He he was a guitar player and he was a songwriter. And uh, he introduced me to that world when I was 10 or 11 years old. And so one thing he would always say is, you know, when, you're, when you have emotions that you're having a hard time expressing, just put it in a song. You know, use songwriting as therapy. And so I really did that this time around with the pandemic. I, I, I was watching the world, and um, we felt kind of helpless. You know, we're sitting up here in Canada. We're watching all this rioting going on and all this weird stuff going on on social media. And just the whole world seemed chaotic. And, um, and it... And it and, um, and then I tied it into my manager, our manager, Clyde Hill. He, he is from Chicago, actually. And he used to tell us stories all the time of how when they were growing up on the poor side of Chicago, they'd all sit on a corner with their brown bags of beer, you know, beer, stinging brown bags and telling stories and jamming and, and, you know, hanging out with old men that do the same thing and telling old stories. And, <laughs> and then I started to remember also, too, that recently he shared with me that he was actually... Um, uh, he witnessed the first civil rights movement in the 60s. He was a little kid, and he, he, he was traumatized by it. He was only seven or eight years old. He witnessed his aunt being beaten and bleeding, and, and you know, it's something that really traumatized and stuck with him. Mm-hmm. So then I started to think about him, those stories, the state of the world today, and I tied it all, imagining I was sitting on that corner, and I was watching the world, and how's it going, and that's sort of how the story starts. It was the first lyric. I just, if you listen to the song, really, the first lyric you hear is, I'm sitting on a corner. That's the first <laughs> thing that came out of my mouth when we were jamming that riff. <laughs> I'm sitting on a corner. Okay, there you go. And I just kept going and telling the story. <laughs>